We're going to be singing him eternal praise, but we've already started now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we love you so much, God. Thank you for giving your son. Jesus, thank you for freely going to the cross for us. We're ashamed that we put you there, but thank you for forgiving all of our sins. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for living in our heart. Thank you so much for choosing to take residence in our life. Holy Spirit, move supernaturally among us, within us, around us. Father God, there's people online that can't be here, but God, I pray that, Lord, you be right there with them and rattle their household. Wherever they are, make it known that you're there. Father God, we're believing that, Lord, you're going to heal the sick. There's people that are battling sickness, Father God. There's people that, Father God, are battling this flu, this COVID, heart disease, kidney and liver disease. Father, there's people that are battling, Father, cancer and stuff that's just taking them down. But in the name of Jesus, thank you for raising them up. Thank you that Kathy is okay and her heart's okay. And Lord, that she's here to worship you here today. Thank you, Lord. Same way you raised her up, I pray you raise up anyone that's sick, anyone that's home, or anyone here right now. In Jesus' name, raise them up. Father God, we're so sick of hearing of COVID. Put COVID under your feet, God. Defeat this dreaded disease once and for all, whatever variant of it. God, we just pray that you bring it to an end around the world and right here in New Mexico. Father God, I pray healing over relationships. Father, there's a couple here celebrating one year of marriage. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray that they get to the 50-year mark and look back and they go, Babe, you remember when we had our first year? Wow, now we got 50. Lord, I pray that they celebrate freely. There's some that, Lord, aren't celebrating their marriage. They're, they're going through a difficult time. I pray you heal the marriages that are brokenhearted, Lord. Heal the marriages from dumb decisions the husband or wife made. Be with the families, Father God, that have wayward children. Bring them back, Lord. The prodigal son or daughter, bring them back. Father God, we're believing, Lord, that you meet every need. Our state legislature starts this Tuesday. God, we need wisdom for these men and women. They were elected from the people, by the people, and they represent our voice. Let them represent us and not themselves. Let them represent us and not their, their, their uh, lobbyists and the people that have tried to line their pockets. I pray that, Lord, they have a heart after you to really do what's right for New Mexico. Father God, I pray, Father God, for our first responders. I pray, Father God, for, uh, Lord, uh, police officers, law enforcement officers. I pray for firefighters and, and, and paramedics and ambulance drivers and all those that work in the hospital, Father God. Protect them. Shield them, Lord. They go to work. They go to work every day to a, a COVID and, 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 and disease-infected environment. Keep them safe and their family. Father God, we're praying for deliverance from people that are that are needing freedom from, from destructive mindsets and behaviors and habits. And Father God, we're praying for our country. This country's a mess. God, you, you need to bring order back. Lord, bring order back to this country. Father God, we love you. 
we know we're not citizens of this country. We're just, we're just passing through, God. We're citizens of heaven. But as long as we live here, God, bring revival to this city. Bring healing to this city of the violence. Lord, let this be known as the safest city in the state of New Mexico. God, I pray that we could bear that name. And I pray that it happens soon. Father, thank you for what you're doing, you're about to do. God, we're just believing that you're going to watch over these cyber attacks. Our, Lord, we need kids back in school. We need the government opened up again. Father God, I just pray that you uh, really just bring change, transformation. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Sing it out again. Sing it out again. Sing it out to his name and his glory. Let them hear it all the way across the street. Sing it out. Oh, lift your voice for this church. Sing, oh, praise the name. And turn to someone and say, I am so glad you are here today. I'm so, so glad you are here today. Then you may be seated. Well, for all of you online, thank you for joining us. We love you. We appreciate you being a part of us. And we know you're not just in the city. We have people from around the world watching. But uh, I, 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 I just want to let you know that I started this sermon series called Empowered by Vision. And the Bible says without, a, without vision, the people perish. So it's so important that we have vision. It's so important that we, we have a vision of what God wants us to do. But it's really interesting. One of the things Jesus spoke to more than, he spoke about unity more than heaven and hell. And he wants us in heaven, but he wants the church, the church of the living God, he wants unity. He wants a oneness. He wants unity not just of this church, even though he wants unity in this congregation, but he wants unity of God's church. God's church is made up of people that have given their life to Jesus Christ. There's only one church. And it's not a denomination, it's the body of Christ. It's those that have given their life to Christ, now belong to the church of the living God, the church of God. They belong to heaven's army. They belong to a place where we're going to be someday. And I don't know about you, some people have already gotten there, but I'm telling you what, the way things are going, I just really believe that we might be the generation to see the rapture. I mean, Jesus is coming soon. So you better get your act together. And you know what? He's, he's coming soon, and we better be ready, 
and he wants us to be united, not divided, and he wants a united church. He, he, he's preaching about fulfilling Christ's vision of unity, and, and the question I want to deal with then is, where do I fit in it all? Where do you fit in it all? Where do we fit in this vision of unity that God has for God's church, for his church? The Bible speaks about this, why unity is so important in God's church. He says that that unity will show others, it'll be proof that we're believers. He says, by this they will know that you are my disciples. He, He showed us unity in the Trinity. The Trinity is not three people. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's only one God, but it's the manifestation of his character. As a father, then he reveals himself. He came here to show us it can be lived out. And then he sends us his Holy Spirit so that we can live it out. But we just go brain dead sometimes. Amen? The flesh takes over. And, and it messes everything up. And, and, and he says in, in his last prayer that's recorded in the Gospel of John chapter 17, you see him praying and he says, Lord, that they might be one the way you and I are one, the way the Father and the Son are one, that they might be one. One, united. God gives, gets glory when we live united. Our, our unity is the greatest witness to unbelievers. When the church can't even get along with each other, what do you think the world thinks? And there's people arguing and fighting on Facebook all the time. It's like, get over it. Okay, that's another sermon for another day. But unity removes fear. It makes us bold. United, we stand. Divided, we're stuck. We fall. We, 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 we don't go anyplace. When the church is truly united, everyone's needs are met. Because we see God's work, His Spirit working supernaturally. We see God doing something amazing. We need to be focusing on what God wants, what He's created. You see, unity brings about the realization that we are incomplete without the other because God has put gifts in me that you don't have and he's put gifting in you that I don't have and together we become this great force of God's army and God's body and God's church to just change a lost and dying world. Jesus died for us to be united, not divided. Jesus expects us to really lift up his name and by unifying his church, we will reach the lost, and change a city. Albuquerque needs to be changed and transformed. And there's only one person that could do it, and that's Jesus. And there's only one church that could do it. And I don't mean one congregation. I mean only one church, the church of the living God. When we work together, we're going to change this city. But we got to quit bickering. So how then do we become ambassadors of unity to our church, to our congregation? And then to others. But right here first. How do we really make that different? Become agents of change. Agents of transformation. Agents of, of real reform. To see what God wants to do. The first thing we need to do is focus on the majors, not on the minors. We need to major in the majors, not in the minors. Have you noticed how some people get all nitpicky over the weirdest things? Instead of really coming together on what they agree on, they fight over what they don't. You worship on Saturdays or Sundays? Huh? Tell me. Tell me. You're like, oh, bold, you know what? It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. 
Saturday's the day, a Sabbath. Well, you know what? It, it's really the mindset of a Sabbath is that you set a whole day aside, that you come before God, you worship your God, you focus on God, you focus on your family, you focus on the things he's done, you rest from the hard labor, and you spend time with your creator. But do it on Saturday. Well, no, we do it on Sunday, the day of the Lord. And there's fighting over that. Do you take communion every Sunday? We take communion every Sunday. Well, we take it once a month. Oh, you're once a monthers? Oh, I see how it is. Some, some churches only do it once a year. They get all fighting about communion. And then they, get, they start fighting about all kinds of weird stuff. Like, should women wear dresses only, or should they wear slacks as well? Women shouldn't even cut their hair. They shouldn't even wear makeup. They shouldn't even wear jewelry. Yes, they can. Yes, they Oh, my goodness gracious. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Wearing jewelry or not isn't going to get you into heaven. Jesus is the one that's going to get you into heaven. So look what he says in Romans chapter 14, verse 19. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church. And try to build each other up. He's saying, church, don't you understand? You've got to build each other up. And that doesn't just happen in a congregation. Meaning, we do it in our home. We do it in our school. We do it in our workplace. We do it in our community outreach. We do it in anything that we're a part of. If we reflect that and reflect unity of what God wants us to do, we're going to change our city. But people are so hung up in the weirdest things. He says... As Christians, if you're really a Christian, a follower of Christ, there's seven things that I want to make sure you follow, Paul says. And Paul says right there in Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 4, he says, there's one body. There's only one body. There's not a bunch of bodies. Well, where's the body here? Where, oh, no, no, there's only one body. And there's only one spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. Well, you need this spirit. Now you need that spirit. No, no, no. You need the Holy Spirit of God. Just as you've been called to one glorious hope. What's the hope? That Jesus Christ is coming back to get his saints. And Jesus Christ is taking us to glory. And some of us have already been there. And some of us are going to end up seeing the rapture. We're going to be taken up in glory. But either way, the hope of glory is that God is coming back for us. And it says it's a glorious hope for the future. And then he says, then there's only one Lord. There's not a bunch of lords. There's not a bunch of gods. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. You could follow Buddha or you could follow Muhammad or you could. No, I don't. That's a life in the pit of hell. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Not all of us over here. There's only one Lord. There's only one Lord and there's only one faith. It's truly one faith and it's one baptism and one God. He says, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. So we need to understand, those are seven things he really wants you to agree on. When you can't agree on that, you know what? You better really find out, are you even a Christian? Or are they a Christian? Well, you know, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe he's God. Then we have a problem there. Well, you know what? I don't believe in the Trinity. I don't... I don't think there, you know, then we have a problem there. See, because he's very clear on what he's saying. And we need to understand that unity is not uniformity. Did you just hear me? It's not uniformity. We're not cookie-cutter Christians, that we all look the same. 
We need to embrace the diversity that God has given us. We need to embrace the difference we have. I'm glad all of you are not like me, and I'm glad I'm not like you. I'm glad I'm who I am. God made me me, and he made you you. And together, man, it's like a tossed salad. We're good together. Are you with me? Everyone is different. This is lettuce. This is a tomato. This is and on and on and on. You haven't lost your identity, but you know what? You add to the salad, baby. I need what you bring. Look, yesterday was Martin Luther King's birthday. They canceled the parade. I usually march in the parade. And the reason I march in the parade is to honor this great man that was a pastor but ended up becoming a leader of a civil rights movement that you and I get to continue to enjoy to this day. Blacks weren't the only ones mistreated. Chicanos didn't, couldn't go to certain restrooms. They couldn't drink from fountains. They couldn't come. They, Chicanos, but not only Chicanos, Indians, Native Americans were treated like garbage. Asians were treated by God. We can go on and on and on and on. Man, you, even white people, you go up in the, in the Appalachians and some of those people are still living with dirt floors. It's crazy. And all of a sudden we treat each other different. And he fought for civil rights and you and I should be able to be proud and say thank God that we are part of something that opened up. There's still some tension. But let me tell you something. It's a lot better today than it was in the 60s and 50s. It's a lot better. We have a voice. We have a, we have a march. See, we've got to focus on the majors and not the minors. We've got to start agreeing with one another and seeing the differences. Man, I thank God we're not all the same. Look, yesterday we had a men's breakfast and, and we have a, we have a blast, man. There was like 54 guys here having a good time and we were, you know, and I, and, and, and I said, guys, I'm glad you wore your colors. They had different football teams. I go, but everyone knows Dallas is the best, you know? And, and uh, now see, okay, now I'm kind of joking, okay? I'm joking, but I'm not, but I am because my point is we're all different. We got 49er fans. We got Steeler fans. We got this fan and that fan and no fan and this fan and Fans that have already lost and they're not even in the game and those that are trying to hold on and, and we got them all. But some people get all shook up. Oh my God, I can't believe you're putting down the Cowboys. I'm not putting down the Cowboys. I pray that we win today. But you know what? If we don't, it's not the end of the world. I'm going to get up tomorrow and go, wow, praise the Lord. Jesus is alive. And my Cowboys hopefully win. And if they lose, I'm going to go, Jesus is alive. He can't wait that my Cowboys lost, but get on with life. See, we focus on the majors, not the minors. We lift up the name of Jesus. We hold on to that. Romans 14 verse 1 says, accept other believers. So he's saying accept other believers, not just here in the church. I'm talking in God's church, around the city, around the world. Accept other believers who are weak in faith. So there's some believers that are weaker than faith than you might be. But sometimes we start judging Ooh, they don't even know anything. Look at, look at the way they're living. Oh, man, they, they ought to already be over here. But you don't know from where they came. You don't know how far they've already come. They've come a long way, and they're still all messed up. But they're not messed up at, like they used to be. But you're saying, you ought to be over here already. And they're going, I was so far over there, I wasn't even on the map. 
You see where I'm coming from? Instead, accept all believers, even those weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. People are fighting over everything today. And what's right, what's wrong? If you go on and read verse 2, they're talking about now, right now he starts talking about eating things you could eat. Because some were saying, you could eat meat, you could eat all meat, you could even eat pork. And so, no, you can't eat pork. You can't eat pork. We don't eat pork. We ate pork yesterday, man. We had like 20 pounds of bacon. I go, God. I go, why'd they make so much bacon? I had a meeting. There was no bacon left. I came out. I go, bah, all 20 pounds. Gone. I'm like, okay. Thank God I had two brothers that covered my back. Michael made me a plate, and I go, oh, thank you, Michael. He didn't even eat chile, but he put a lot of chile on my plate. And he even put bacon. I go, I got a piece of bacon. Alameda put a plate together for me, and he, they didn't have bacon no more, though, so he put a big old sausage patty. My wife was working here, so I took her that plate, and I ate the plate Michael made me, and, and I was like, man, this is awesome. Some people get all shook up. You couldn't eat. You can't eat bacon. You can't eat pork. And if you read verse 2, I say, you should eat vegetables. So we even had vegans back in those days. They had vegetarians. See, they, but instead, some people get all shook up to this day. I can't believe you're eating pork. I, uh, well, if you invite them over to your house, don't serve pork. Eat bacon behind their back. You know? <laughs> I mean... Why do we get so crazy? Look, look what he says right there. It, look at 1 Corinthians 1.10. 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, my brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Man, the devil doesn't do anything better than divide a church. He loves tearing churches apart. Rather... Be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So, man, he's saying, focus on the majors, not on the minors. So the next thing, if we're going to be a united church and really unite the church of God throughout the city of Albuquerque, believers coming together and even beyond, we've got to realize that we must continually work for unity. It's not like a one-time moment. Man, we have a one-time moment. We come together, and man, the music's right on target, and the prayers are right on target, and the sermon's right on target, and you're like, man, it didn't get better than this. And then you go out in the parking lot, and someone parked too close to your car, and you stupid people. I'm a fat person. How am I supposed to get in my car now? You know what I mean? Well, it's, a lot of you don't say that because you're not fat, but just saying. You see, we, we, we gotta continually work for unity. It's intentional. It's constant. It's continual. Unity doesn't just happen. You gotta work at it. Unity is something God wants. And in, in Ephesians chapter four, verse three, he says right there, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So you know what? It's real important that we do not do. Do not bring worldly values into the church. 
God has set the values for his people. And some people want to bring in the worldly values into the church. Let me tell you something. Character counts. Character really does matter. God cares more about your character than your comfort. See, he doesn't make us comfortable and, oh, everything feels so good. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you are put into a very, very uncomfortable situation. And the reason he's doing that is he's trying to build character in your life. He's trying to show you what you're made out of and what you still lack. So if you get all crazy, you oh my gosh, I've been standing in line to get a donut here at the church. Is someone going to give me a donut? Calm down. They're working as fast as they can. They don't even have donut with bacon on it. They only have donuts with freckles and sparkly stuff. Hey, I don't want no. And they only have pink donuts left. I'm a man. I don't eat pink donuts. You don't even know some of the stuff people say over there. They're free. Ooh, they don't even have the kind I like. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't understand it. See, don't bring the world down. God cares about our character. You reflect Christ. When you get all, you know what I say? You want to fight me? I'm down, I say, I'm down. I'll meet you in the parking lot. It's like... We're at church. That's why we're going to meet in the parking lot. We respect the church. I'm like, okay. Don't bring in worldly values to the church. God has a standard for us to live by. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. Look what he says. He goes, for you are still controlled by sinful nature. Now he's like, man, this is Paul. He's saying, you know what your problem is? He's talking to the church of Corinth. The church of Corinth, the Corinthians were really worldly people. They had all kinds of garbage going on. And he goes, you're still controlled by your sinful nature. He goes, you're still, you're not living like a Christian. You're living like you're unsaved. And then he says, "You're, you're jealous. You're jealous of one another. If jealousy is springing up in your life, let me tell you something. You better put your mind in check. He goes, and quarrel with each other. So not only are you jealous, but you're fighting with each other. Why do you get to sit with him? Why do you get to walk with her? Why do you sit at their table? Why didn't he sit at our table? Why didn't she sit at my table? Oh, my goodness gracious. He goes, doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? He's going, when you're acting like that, you're being controlled by a sinful nature. Now listen to this one. Aren't you living like people of the world? Ouch. So Paul's just telling it straight out. Man, you're living like a bunch of unbelievers. When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, I'm a follower of Apollos, and aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who's Apollos? Did he die on the cross? Who's Paul? Did he die on the cross? He says, we are only God's servant through whom you believed in good news. Each of us did the work God has given us. He's saying, do your job. Stay in your lane. 
we haven't, don't you know people that right away you're doing your stuff and they start going, look, look, it's done this way. Hey, they told me how to do it like this. You know what? I'm just doing what they told me. Now leave me alone. It's like, man, they start sticking their hand every place. Okay, I guess you don't know people like that. I, I've, I've worked around some people like that before. Right? Isn't it? it? See, we need to grow up. Another thing is don't, don't just bring worldly values into the church, but don't get pulled into worldly fights. Man, now because of social media, I see people fighting over some of the craziest stuff. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you got vaccinated. What's wrong with you? You got vaccinated. Oh, you're so stupid you got vaccinated. I can't believe you were so stupid you didn't get vaccinated. What's wrong with you? Oh, my gosh, you need to get vaccinated. I don't need to get vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated. Oh, my God, I'm a Republican. Oh, my gosh, you're a Republican. I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Oh, I voted for Trump. You voted for Trump. I voted for Biden. Are you voting for Biden? Oh, my gosh, get over it. Trump's not the president. He lost. Biden. And if you believe Biden stole it, however he got there, he's there. Live with it. Serve Jesus. We're so hung up about this and that and that and that. Change the world. Make a difference. I don't serve Biden. I serve Jesus Christ. I don't serve Trump. I serve Jesus Christ. I'm not going to that church anymore because he's talking about it now from the pulpit. Oh, my gosh. It's like, what's wrong with people? Jesus didn't get all, I'm Republican, I'm a Democrat. Matter of fact, look what Jesus said in John 18, 36. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. So what am I worried about here? You call yourself king? You don't even have a clue. You're there because my God, my king, allowed you to be there. You're thinking you got elected. I don't know why God is doing what he's doing, but we're gonna, it's all going to make sense one day. He goes, if it were my followers, if it were, if it was an earthly kingdom, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. So I'm not worried about it. I hope you get out and vote because we can make a difference. But you know what? We have to serve Jesus Christ. And we need to quit bickering. Don't get pulled into these fights. People start posting stuff and they they say something dumb. And oh my gosh, why do they do that? Then they're fighting over if women should wear high heels or not. I don't think they should wear stilettos. Oh my gosh, shut up. Oh my goodness. If they want to have cramped up toes, let them. (laughs) Come on, ladies. You know how it is. I have a wife. She had stilettos at one time. She'd take them out and go, oh, my gosh. I can't stand these stupid shoes. But I sure look good in them, don't I? Yeah. What's wrong with us? We get pulled into these fights that don't matter. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 through 25. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to, he goes, to teach 
He goes, I want you to be able to teach, not argue, teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gently, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's heart and they will learn the truth. So he's saying, look, lighten up. Quit being so hardcore. Turn it burn. This is the truth. Get it. Instead, you know what? Be persuasive. Help them. Help them to understand. Be appealing to them that they want to learn, that they want to grow, that they want to get it. In Romans chapter 14, verse 20, it says, don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable. But it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. So see, if someone gets all shook up, I can't believe you're eating pork. Don't eat it. They might not be where you are. That's, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm higher up than you. No, those are their convictions. So just honor it and don't get in a big old fight. Just, just chill out. Some people don't like green chili. I go, what's wrong with you? Now, I don't tell them that. But I do. I think like, pobrecitos, they don't know what they're missing. What do you mean you don't like red chili? Where did you come from? I didn't even know what red or green was till I moved here. I really mean that. Then they taught me, and I'm like, oh, I learned fast. I learned fast. And I'm a red and green card carrier. <laughs> but see, in other words... Don't get all shook up. Let's move on. If we're going to keep unity, be realistic. Third thing is be realistic according to your convictions. Have realistic convictions. Have realistic expectations. What are your expectations? What are your expectations? Sometimes we have the most ridiculous expectations. Someone just came to Christ, they're not going to change immediately. Some people do, some people don't. When God finally delivered me a drinking, I mean, it was a radical just, and I quit. I, 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 I don't cuss. My family tells me, my, you ask my kids, they'll tell you. My son's 39 years old, and he's never heard me cuss. My daughter's 30-something years old. I'm afraid if I say it, I might get in trouble. She's 30. But she's never heard me cuss. My grandkids have never heard me cuss. My wife hasn't heard me. Well, she heard me cuss because we, we weren't always Christian. But, but you know what? God took away my, my bad mouth. Surrender your bad mouth. But you know what? We, we've got to make sure that we understand that we put these unrealistic expectations in our life. We put unrealistic Do you remember when you first got married? You expected your wife to do everything the way you wanted her to? And you expected your husband to do everything the way you wanted him to? And there was that adjustment period. It's like, oh, my gosh. She's weird, man. Why does she do that? Oh, my gosh. He is so weird. Why does he do that? And now you're like, you've been married a long time, and you go, you remember when we used to fight over the dumbest things? I do. I, 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 I don't say it jokingly. We used to fight over the toilet paper. Does it go this way or that way? Like, you know what? Okay. 
When I sit on it, I'm going to use it this way. When you sit on it, use it that way. Quit arguing. Man, are you with me? But there's still some that they got, barely got married. They're barely one year into it, and they're going, don't you understand? Don't you understand? You don't squeeze a toothpaste. You push it from the bottom up. I'm a squeezer. You know, on and on. There's adjustments. We have unrealistic expectations. We even have it in the church. No one is perfect. You know who the church is made up with? Us! I'm not perfect, and I definitely know you're not. We're weird, amen? Look, some of you are vegans. I don't understand vegans. I don't, I've never been taught vegan since I was little. They, they, they right away started me with con papas con, con frijoles o papas con poquita carne molida, a little ground beef with potatoes or ground beef with the elbow noodles, right? At least that's what we, we had. And they started, that, so you know what I was, man, look, I like Rudy's barbecue. Rudy's. They're going to have a whole bunch of people go, Rudy's. But look, if you go into Rudy's, the t-shirt on their back, it says, I didn't climb to the top of the food chain to eat vegetables. Well, that's what they, they, some people like meat, some people don't. Don't get all shook up. We're all different. Some people like country music. I'm not a country music fan. You guys are. I, I'm, I'm still old rock and roll. And then Christian music. Or rancheras, or, you know, it's like, everyone's different. Aren't you glad we're all different? Can you imagine if we only had one radio station in the whole city? And they played everything you hate. Oh my gosh, you'd go nuts. See, we're all different. We make up the body of Christ. No one is perfect. In the book of Psalm 119, verse 96, it says, even perfection has its limits. What it's saying, not everyone's perfect is what it's saying. But your commands have no limits. You're, they're perfect. God loves the church. God loves people. And do you know that people will let you down? God won't. God will never let you down. People love, and people want to be loved. They want to be loved. You know what they tell me often about our congregation? They go, man, you guys are so loving. Even in the parking lot, people are friendly. Hey, how are you? Hi, hi. People are friendly here. Oh, hi, hi. You want a donut? Hey, hey, come on. I'll buy it. I'll buy your donut here. <laughs> They're free. I'll buy your donut. I'll, I'll even get your coffee and then the old take, I'll get a Starbucks. No, 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 the one here. <laughs> but, but people, and, and, and if you're not used to being hugged, they're going to probably hug you here. People that don't, aren't used to getting hugged, they go hug, they think they're being mugged. Put your hand over your wallet. What are you doing to me? I'm, I'm giving you a hug. What? Why? You don't even know me. Well, I, I want to welcome you to the church. Okay, I still got my wallet. Well, well. And then... They finally learn how to hug. Have you seen those people that are not hugger, huggers? They're real stiff. And then they finally learn how to hug. This is them hugging. They don't really, they just go, okay. Okay, man, don't get too close. We're all different. Live up to realistic expectations. Let's, let's move on. Hurry up. You guys are taking too long here. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. 
Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Colossians 3.14, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Man, love covers a multitude of sins. That's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean you cover sin. What that means is once you have forgiven, you've confessed your sin, and you've been forgiven, and they try to say, oh, man, I knew that. You were a prostitute. You were a drug addict. You were, you were, you were, you were, you were. You know what? The word you were is accurate. I'm no longer. So you know what? We love each other. We don't throw each other's past in our face. We cover it with love. And we see the devil calls you by your past. Jesus calls you by your future. Hey, redeemed of the Lord. Hey, child of God. Hey, wonderful masterpiece. Hey, son and daughter. Hey, are you with me? Man, and it brings me to the last thing. We're really going to see amazing unity. We need to pour out encouragement. Encouragement instead of criticism. Pour out encouragement instead of criticism. We live in a world that even pays people to be critics. We have food critics, movie theater critics. We have theater critics. We have this critic, that critic. And we even have critics in the church. I can't believe he didn't even wear a suit today. Uh, I can't believe. I can't believe they didn't sing that song today. Or I can't believe a food critic. I think a food critic is just somebody says I'm a critic and they go eat all over the place for free. <laughs> well, the atmosphere was nice. They were, they were nice. The food was a little dry. The mashed potatoes were a little runny. Oh, shut up. <laughs> They're critics. People get criticized enough out there. They don't need to be criticized out there. We need to speak life and encouragement in here. Amen? Hope and and promise. Build them up, not tear them down. Romans 14, 19, and 20 says, So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of the Lord over what you eat. Remember, All foods are acceptable, and it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21 says, The wise are known for their understanding, and pleasant words are persuasive. Hear that. Pleasant words are persuasive. So think of the words that you use, because you want to persuade them into hearing God following God, serving God, and living for God. Now think about what a sermon is. A sermon is me up here telling us, quit living like a bunch of idiots. Are you with me? But if I said it like that, quit being an idiot. What would you do? Ituke. What about you, man? Don't call me an idiot. But instead, I talk about how God wants us to live and how we shouldn't. And you go, man, he's right. Yeah, I do that. That's messed up. I shouldn't do that. See, I'm persuading you, at least supposed to be trying to persuade you, to follow Jesus Christ, 
to surrender your life to Jesus, to follow him all the days of your life, and to live for his glory. In Romans 14.4 says, Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Romans 14.10 says, And why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15, he says, For you have been called to live in freedom. He wants us to live in freedom, brothers and sisters. He says, But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always, but he goes, but hear this. If you are always biting and devouring one another, holy cow, there's cannibalistic Christians. Haven't you ever met one? They come up to you, they still got the blood dripping in their mouth from the last victim. They got their fangs. They're biting and devouring one another. Watch out, he says, beware of destroying one another. He's saying, don't you get it? I want you to live it out for the glory of God. I want you to live united. I want you to be one church. I want you to change this city. I want you to change this state. I want you to change this country. And I want you to change this world. And it starts right here. And if you, it starts by being a Christian. So if you're not even a Christian, then you shouldn't even be held to that standard. But if you are a Christian, then you should be. So if you're not a Christian, if you've never given your life to Jesus, say, I want that. Pastor, I want that. If you want that, just raise your hand. Anyone? Anyone that wants to give their life to Jesus? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Man, we want to celebrate with you. This is a time of celebration because it's a great decision you're making. It's not an easy decision because it's like, man, he wants me to live according to his word. But if you raise your hand, I don't want to, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to stand up because I want to give you boldness to live it out. So would you stand so we could pray with you? So those that raise their hand, say this prayer. Would everyone say this prayer with them? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. From this day on, I want to live for you. Help me to live in victory. Help me to have celebration in my home and in my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, coming up, we want to give you a, a, a blessing. We want to bless you. If you stood up, I, I got a Bible. I got some stuff I want to give you. This is Pastor Eddie. He's going to do that. Young lady, praise God. We're celebrating with you. Love you, sis. God bless you. Praise God. I don't know where you are right now. This is the kind of sermon that's really for all of us. So where you are, that's your altar. And get real with God right now. Get real. Have you been a divider or a uniter? Have you been living for God's glory or for your own? Father, thank you for showing us what you expect from us. Thank you for showing us how to make it happen and where we fit in all of this. 
vision that you have for your church. Father, I pray that we would always live for your glory. And I pray this in the supernatural name of Jesus Christ. So forgive us when we've been critical. And let us be now encouragers. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Just sing out this chorus and then we'll be dismissed. But sing it out. So just say thank you, God, for what you're doing. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sing it out to the glory of God. Sing it out one more time. Oh, praise the name. Praise the name. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Go change your life and then change your home and then change this world. We love you. God bless you. Enjoy your afternoon.